At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. So I was praying this week, God said to me that, that this week, started a, we started a new series Wednesday. This morning, we are starting a new series. Um, and tonight, in the men's meeting, there is something prophetic about this week and then this whole semester. Something prophetic about, not pathetic, prophetic. Something prophetic about this whole week and in everything that we're starting and this whole semester. Um, when, when what God is saying is from Him, it's prophetic. Because to be prophetic is to speak as the oracles of God. To speak what God wants spoken. That's what, that's what prophecy is, is what the prophetic truly is. You can do that in different ways, and there's different forms of the prophetic. But God told me that this week, in all these messages, Wednesday night, this morning, and tonight, there is a prophetic flow to cause breakthrough to come in people's lives. That's what God's Word does. It breaks through situations. But I, but I just, I, I, I don't know that I've ever even said that before, but I heard that this week. And so I, I, I encourage you to take serious what we deliver. You know, be here when you can. You know, be here. You should be here every time the doors are open if you're hungry for the things of the Word. If you can't be, we have the messages online. They're free. You can download them. But go back and listen to them and pay attention to what God is saying. Because what I'm delivering is not from me. It's from Him. Amen? It's coming through my personality, but it's from Him. And it's important that you spend time meditating on that and taking the Word serious. Taking it Serious. I, I, I've got this. Um, I've got this verse of scripture that just wow. I've, I, I don't know. It's just exploded in my spirit in the last little bit. Um, I got to find it. Ah. But I want to read this to you before I get started. Um, and it's found in Proverbs twenty. And verse 15. And I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. Um, but it says this. You may have an abundance of wealth and piles of gold and jewels. But there's something of far greater worth. And then there's a colon. And this is the far greater worth. Nothing wrong with riches. Everybody say, I like riches. Nothing wrong with stuff. But if that's your motive, it's a bad God. It's a horrible God. And it won't do anything for you. It leaves you, it leaves you with stuff and things and dead on the inside. But this is, this is what's of far greater worth. Speaking revelation words of knowledge. The far greater worth in life is what I'm saying out of my mouth on a day-to-day -day basis that he says is so. When I'm speaking and, and declaring the Word of God on a daily basis, and I'm developing my daily routine every single day 
what I'm speaking is what he says is the most valuable thing for you in my life. Because me speaking the word and me hearing myself speak that word is what builds faith in me. You can hear it, and you can hear, you can hear me preach the word here, but, but what I'm preaching to you today does nothing for you if you do nothing with it. And this is a word from God. It's a word from God. So, today, actually, another thing before we get started today, I just want to talk about the connect groups for, for just a second. We've got two sets of groups. Our connect equip classes, that, that's what they're here to equip you. They're every Monday night for six weeks. This, this semester, we've got two of those. And they're both on the same night, so you can't take them both, but we're going to do the same two classes next semester. So if you, only, if you take one this semester, you can take the second one next semester. So when you're looking at that, it's good that you know that. Um, and then we have our Connect Socials, and that's what they are, to connect socially around you know, all the different um, uh, what am I trying to say? Activities. <laughs> that was a tough word. <clears throat> the, the activities that, uh, that these social groups are about. But they're so important because you can't know people in church by just seeing them on, in a, during a service. You, you won't, you'll never know people. And you'll never know and, and hear things that you hear in Connect Socials and Connect Equip classes because we open those classes up for discussion. You'll never hear things that other people are going through that will encourage you to overcome in your life. I can't tell you how vitally important it is to not just sign up for these, but if you're going to sign up for it, I mean, you know, you got four services to sign up. Make sure you're going to show up because don't sign up and not show up. Sign up, come and be a part of it. Amen? And, and it will do something in your life. It, it will help to empower you by being around people that are doing the same thing. They're growing in the things of God. But then bring friends to those connect groups. Some of you are here in church because you came to a connect group and you liked it and you came to church. So make sure to do that. Amen? Make sure to come and be a part of those and take them serious. Um, so my series today that I'm beginning is entitled simply Righteousness. Righteousness. First message I ever preached in Kerrville, Texas was at Oak Hills Bible Church. That was this church, but it was called Oak Hills Bible Church. It's the church we took over. There were 10 people in the congregation, and we shared with them righteousness. And by the end of about three months, we became the pastors of the church. And for the most part, that's all I taught. For the first two years, that's all I taught was understanding the righteousness of God. Um, today, and till the end of September, I'm going to minister a series I've never preached before. I've never preached this. I mean, I've preached on righteousness, similar verses of Scripture, but not like this. And, and it's because when you're growing, when, when because, because of the fact that I've grown, that I've increased, 
And when I'm studying the Word, I don't study the Word for a message. I study the Word to show myself approved unto God. But from that, because of the anointing on the office that I stand in, in the pastoral anointing, God gives me words to give you from Him. And it's vital that you take the word that you're hearing, that I'm delivering you, that I believe from Him, and then you go to the word yourself and make sure that what I'm saying you believe is true. If you don't do that, then your walk with God will be, well, you know, that's what Pastor Bert thinks. And that's okay for a while, you know. But over, over time, you've got to know what God thinks. You've got to know what God says about His Word. Amen? And I'm telling you today, you need to know who you are in Him and that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You need to know that. And we're going to be addressing that and talking about it probably from about a half a dozen, a half a dozen different angles over the next few weeks. Amen? So, I want to give you a a very, very, very condensed definition of the word righteousness that I've taken from probably four or five different dictionaries and, and then condensed it to what I believe God wants to say through this series. And the definition of righteousness that I'm giving you is this. Righteousness is doing what's right. Wow, that's deep. From a heart free of guilt, sin, and shame. It takes a different twist. Righteousness is doing what's right from a heart free of guilt, sin, and shame. So, I'm going to use this definition with the word righteousness in the verses of Scripture that I'm going to read. I'm going to start with Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. What he's talking about there, if you look at it in, in, the, in the literal there, he's just talking about the kingdom of God is not about natural things. The kingdom of God, the government of God is at another level. It's not about the natural. Kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, not the natural things, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to read it like this. I'm going to leave the peace and joy in the Holy Spirit out. We're just going to talk about righteousness in the Holy Spirit because that's what our series is on. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's doing what's right from a heart free of guilt, sin, and shame. Matthew 6 and verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What are the things? If you go back and look in the verse of Scripture leading up to this, he's talking about all the natural things of life. People are stressed about this, and I don't have this, and what about this, and they're seeking those kind of things. But he said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I want to read that verse in the Amplified. The Amplified Classic. And it says this, But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, 
His kingdom and His righteousness. His way of doing and being right. He defines righteousness here as being right. We're defining righteousness as being right and doing right as a result of development. As a result of development. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 21. For He, the Father, made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become, what? That we might become a person that does what's right just because it's right, free from sin and guilt and shame. This verse of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, The Father made Him, He made Him, who knew no sin, to be sin on your and my behalf. Throughout this study, we are going to understand, and I want you to agree with me about this, through this study, we're going to understand how God sees righteousness. So, if we understand righteousness from His perspective, then we're understanding what it means to live a life of doing right, not just knowing what's right, but doing right, but doing it from a heart that is free from a sin consciousness, guilt, shame, riddled with unforgiveness, all of it. We can actually live that way when we know we are what He says we are. Even when I'm doing some things that aren't so right. Can you say amen? So, I want you to, I want you to think about this. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this today, but I want you to just think about that verse of Scripture like this, okay? This is really important with where we're going. Two things I want to say about that verse of Scripture. He was made sin with my sin. Did we read that? I didn't dream that up. I just read to you that. He was made sin with my sin. With your sin. He was made sin. If he didn't, then you're not saved. Like I said, we're not talking about this today, but I'm just kind of throwing it in there. He became sin with my sin. Why? Because he didn't sin. He was the spotless lamb. He never sinned. The spotless lamb, but he was made sin. And if you notice, if you notice, the Father made him that way. Did we just read that? The Father made him to become sin with our sin for us, so that we could be like him. 
some people think that, well, you know, God worked really hard to devise this plan once Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. No, the Bible says he already had this plan before the foundation of the world. Before Adam and Eve, he already had this plan. He already had this set up. It was already set in motion that Jesus would become this for us so we could be like him. He was made sin with your and my sin. And and like I said, I I just got to finish this and then I want to go into what I want to end with today. But I got to say this. Um, and, and I know people that don't believe this, but in one of these messages, I'm going to spend time, because most people don't, or a lot of people don't believe this because they don't understand this, okay? But I, I'm, I'm telling you and sharing with you that what Jesus incurred physically in His body, what He incurred physically didn't even compare to the abuse that he took spiritually. I mean, we have have a good visual of what happened to him physically through the passion of the Christ. We have a great visual of of how Isaiah said he was mutilated to the point of, of, of not being recognized physically. But he died a death spiritually so that you and I could be forgiven. And that's deeper. That truly is deeper than most people have any clue. But to understand who you are in him, you have to understand this. And we're going to touch on it. I'm giving you just some things to think about concerning this. But we're going to touch on this and actually spend a lot of time on it in the next few weeks because it's vital that we understand what He actually did. How He actually destroyed sin that I was due to be guilty of. He destroyed it so that I could be right with Him. Can you say amen? God wants you and I to know who we are and to live in that place. We've been made righteous with His righteousness. So actually it's as though we have never sinned. It's actually as though we have never sinned. And that's hard to believe that's hard to understand. That's hard to, you know, grasp and wrap your mind around. And you have to spend time accepting that from God, that that's truly the way it is. It's truly the way it is. Can you say amen? So, I want to I I read two stories to you just in the time we have left. I want to read you two stories, one from the Old Testament in Numbers chapter 21, and then a number, another story from the book of John, which is 
at this point still Old Testament, but it's, you know, it's in the New Testament that we know of, but this writing is still Old, Old Testament because of what he's talking about, but what he's prophesying and discussing is what's going to happen. And so I want to I start with Numbers chapter 21 and verse 4. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. This is the children of Israel and Moses coming out of, the, uh, out of Egypt, out of the bondage. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. Man, they had had some, they, 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 a lot of those, um, a lot of those uh, Jews coming out of Egypt had some of the first signs of Alzheimer. They literally forgot the bondage they were in. And complaining about God that led them out. And notice, he, they said, you, why did you lead us out to lead us into bondage? No, in the book of Psalms it said, he led them out to lead them in. To lead them into the promises. But their attitudes kept them there, and most of them died in the wilderness because of their attitude. He said, and, and this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that you take away, that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent, and he put it on a pole, and so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Now, just for the sake of explaining just a little of what happened with that pole and that bronze serpent, or a brass serpent, it was actually brass, um, brass stands for judgment, and sin, and, and the serpent stands for sin and disobedience. Um, as I had said earlier, Isaiah had prophesied that Jesus whipping and beating and torturing was to the point, just in the natural, that he was unrecognizable, Jesus was, because of being beaten in the way that he was. But nothing compared, as I said, to the spiritual that took place that began in the Garden of Eden, that began in, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And in the garden, he began to sweat drops of blood because he began to take on the sins of humanity. He began to take it on in the garden. 
He began to sweat drops of blood. And there's a very profound statement that he makes in the garden that I think sometimes we can misunderstand, but there's something about that statement that is liberating for you and my life today. And he said this, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But not, Jesus said this, not my will, but yours be done. In that moment, we see, I mean, a five-year-old could see this, that the will of Jesus and the will of the Father were not the same. So what we see manifested right here, what we saw in the, we see in the Garden of Gethsemane is what he did was he demonstrated the greatest act of submission that's ever been known to humanity. Teaching us how to submit to God's way instead of our way. Remember, he didn't come to the earth to become the son of God. He already was. He came to the earth to become the son of man. And he became the resurrected son of man that now the works that he did will do and even greater works. Why? Because he's gone to the Father. He sits at the right hand of the Father and we sit with him. Ephesians 2 says we are seated with him in heavenly places. He brought us to that place. Did you hear what I said? When we understand that and we understand the righteousness involved in that, I'm right with him because of what he did. And he already saw what I did, and he took what I did, and he took it on himself, and he destroyed that, so now it's as though I never did. That's why when I screw up today, I can repent and be forgiven and be empowered to do what's right. See, true righteousness is doing what's right from a heart that is not riddled with sin and disobedience and unforgiveness and anger and hatred and shame and all that goes with that. When your heart is free of that because of how God has delivered you and is delivering your life. And it's a process because what it said was that we would become the righteousness of God. We are righteous because of Him. But it, you, you're not going to just you know, revert to that and say, well, you know, I just, grace of God just covers everything. I can just act however I want to and everything's covered. Well, it's covered, but it doesn't work that way in this place. You understand? We live in a fallen world. Thank God for the new heaven and new earth that will be created. Thank God for it. Thank God this is not all that, it, that there is. But I don't want to live here like I'm living in hell. I want to live here like heaven brought to earth. I want to begin to experience and know and experience on a day-to-day basis what it's like to have the power to do what's right. Even when my head's screaming at me and saying, I don't want it. And the way you do that is your heart becomes free of the sin and the disobedience through developing and practicing and producing in your life a life consistent in the Word. Remember what he said in Proverbs 2015? 
You can have the pile of jewels and have all the stuff and all, that, all those kind of things, but there's something so much more valuable, and it's words of revelation knowledge that are spoken out of your mouth on a day-to-day basis. See, the confession of the Word, a daily routine that we're going to teach in our Connect Equip class this fall, a daily routine is not, and the confession of the Word is not for me to try to throw enough Scripture at something to change a circumstance. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. The confession of God's Word is to change the way I think, to get the sin consciousness out, to get the shame consciousness out, to get everything. See, because when I'm declaring that God says who I am, I am the righteousness of God, not because of me, but because of Him. When I'm saying that out of my mouth, I'm reminding myself of the way He sees me, not me listening to the lies of the enemy, trying to convince me I'm a certain way, but that's not the way God created me. And that's where most people live. I'm saying that's where most people live. Because what I'm finding out is, what I've found out over the last number of years is that most people don't have a daily routine. They may have a, a couple of scriptures that they confess, and then, you know, if it starts there, that's a good thing. But if all you rely on is what you hear preached on a Sunday morning and you do nothing else, I mean, no, that, I mean, that's good. That, 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 that's something. But it's not going to produce for you. God wants His Word and a life, a Christian life, a Christ-like life to produce on our behalf so that we can be a blessing to other people. People can look at us and say, you know what? I want what you have because you believe what you have is real. And the only way you'll ever do that is to know you're right with God no matter what you've done. No matter what you've done. No matter how difficult it's been, I'm right with God. But on the other side of the coin, I know that that rightness will not just happen because God just did something. God's already done it all. I have to do my part to tap into that and make it my own. My definition that I gave you at the beginning, doing what's right from a heart free of guilt, sin, and shame. And that takes time. And not only does it take time, it takes time, not only does it take time, it takes the rest of your life. Because you can do something like that for a while and get a, a little bit of result, and then you think you got it down and you just kind of push it to the side. Huh? Everybody is susceptible to falling out of a connection and a flow with God if you stop the process. You stop the foundational revelation and truths of God's Word. You stop those, and you'll find yourself in a place you don't want to be. So in John 3 and verse 10, Jesus answered, and He said to him, this is Jesus talking to Nicodemus. How many watch The Chosen? Man, don't you like the Nicodemus on The Chosen? Man, I like that guy. Huh? I really kind of feel like that's the way it happened with him. Man, I love it. Anyway, Jesus answered and he said to him, 
when I started reading this, that's, that's who, that's, that guy's face came up. Um, so Jesus says to him, kind of not in a real kind way, I mean, you know, he, he, in a loving way, I'm sure, but uh, a little forceful. Are you the teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? I mean, kind of like, you idiot? Right? I don't, I don't believe Jesus said it like that. But that's the way it came off. That's the way I, I, if he said it to me, I'd kind of feel that way. Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Remember, the kingdom of God is not earthly things. The kingdom of God is about heavenly things coming to earth <laughs> in my heart. Jesus brought heaven to earth. He left the poverty of earth to come to, to and, and, and bring the riches of... He, he, left, he left the riches of heaven to come to the poverty of the earth so that we could be rich. You understand? And we know what rich is. We could be rich in the things of God in everything that we do. That's what He did. He said... Um, no one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven. That is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. He's talking about himself as he's talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus is definitely not getting this. And as Moses, watch, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, what serpent? The brass serpent on a pole, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have, ever, have eternal life. And I'm, I'm going to read the 16th verse in a moment, but I want you to think about this for a minute, okay? I, 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 again, today we're not camping out on this, but I want you to think about this. Did Jesus die a spiritual death? Did he die a spiritual death? If he didn't, I'm not saved. And I'm going to prove it to you over the next few weeks. Did he die a spiritual death? We, we all have the visual of what happened to him physically. But was that attached to what happened physically, spiritually, and the soul? God is three in one. Father, Word, and Holy Spirit, we're three in one. I'm a spirit, first and foremost. I have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and I live in this body. Did He pay the price for all of it? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And we see right here, he says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, what happened when they looked at the pole? Hmm? They got healed, right? They got free. See, they were, they were dying off. 
The snakes were coming and they were dying. They prayed. They repented. They, they, had an, they, they realized. They came to Moses. They said, look, we have sinned in speaking against God and against you. We're repenting to you. We're asking you to pray for us. He prayed, and that's what God said do. When you're developing a life of righteousness and understanding God, there's a lot of repentance involved, but repentance isn't a bad thing. Man, repentance is a healthy thing. Coming before God and saying, Father, you know what? I screwed up. I mean, I've screwed up. A bunch of times in this area, I, I know what I've done. I, I, I should have made a better choice and a better decision. You don't think God didn't already have you covered in your screw-ups? I mean, you're thinking a little bit too highly of yourself. You know, like heaven's scrambling because of your mistakes. Not. He's already got it covered. All of it. All of it. The responsibility with me is positioning myself and developing myself through His Word, His way of thinking, so I can receive what He did. That's it. That's what it's all about. It's me receiving what He's already done. He's not going back to the cross. No one, you, you look in, 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 we'll look at it in the next few weeks, but in Romans 10, you look at the righteousness that man tried to create. It doesn't work. Man's righteousness is, you know, okay, who's going to bring Jesus back to take care of all my messes? You know, who's going to go, you know, come down from heaven and go back to the cross? And who's going to go back to the grave and have to be resurrected never again? One time for all men. And man's righteousness is always trying to figure out how to make things right. Why? And when I say why, it's just, that's just human nature. We do that. But we don't have to. He's already done it for us. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How about you? But I'm being made that if I'm doing my part at renewing the way I think, getting rid of my old ways of thinking, and me thinking like God thinks. And until you begin to do that, you're going to stay with that old, timey righteousness of trying to do everything you can. And, you know, maybe if I say enough repentances and Hail Marys and this thing and that thing and expecting, you know, you know maybe people will forgive me. It's not about people forgiving you. It's you forgiving yourself. And when you've forgiven yourself and you walk in the righteousness of God, you're not, you're not going around trying to, you know, offend people and then trying to clean up messes and all that kind of stuff. No. You're not busy doing that kind of a thing. If you're supposed to go to somebody and repent about a specific thing, you should have already been there. Otherwise, I'm not listening to the lies. I'm not wasting my time getting on some guilt trip about maybe a mistake that I made. If, I, if I'm pursuing God, then He's going to show me what to do. And, and you understand, I'm not talking about having an excuse that you don't want to do it. If you're really pursuing God and you screwed up, God's going to tell you to go. It's some way, some whatever, but it's got to be His way. And if we do that... We can correct the things in our lives that need to be corrected. We, we can correct those things, but we're correcting them through His righteousness, His ability, His understanding, not mine. Because I'm telling you, 
I've already settled it. I'm a screw-up. Done. Settled. But with Him, I can do all things. With Him, I can do all things. There's not anything I can't do with Him. Oh, glory to God. I can do everything with Him. I'm, I'm telling you, there's not anything I can't do. Nothing. With Him. And I better be in Him. And I better be developing. And you know what? That's not like a, that's not like a, you know, like a thread or a, you know, oh my gosh, if you don't, no, no, if you don't, you don't. And if you don't, you just keep doing your thing, you know? You, you understand, when you don't do everything God asks you to do, He still loves you. Hmm? And you can stay in all your mess. At the end of the day, you're not going to change people. You're, you need to be busy changing you. People are going to do whatever in the heck they want to do. But I can tell you, and, and I can tell you that, well, I'll ask my wife the question. I was going to speak for my wife, but I shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> But the changes that I've made in my life, it's benefiting your life, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And I know she I know she believes that because that's the way it works. When 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 I change, then I'm setting the tone for everything and everybody around me. That is influenced by my life, but not me making them do it. Me setting the tone by me doing what's right. It's amazing what it's amazing what your life can change when you do what's right. But you'll never do what's right when you're riddled with sin consciousness, shame consciousness, unforgiveness. When you're riddled with those things, you won't do it. You won't. You'll make excuse, all kinds of excuses about this, that, and the other, constantly. And that's human nature. Right? So remember, at the end of the day, don't get freaked out about people that don't want to make change. Because what you'll find out if you take, and I'm, I'm teaching the class, if you take the, um, what's it called? <laughs> think about four other things uh, about bu building your daily routine if, if, if you take that what you're going to learn is the most effective tool in my holster today is what I pray for other people so see I don't have to be upset I I'm telling you I, I mean nobody's upsetting me because if somebody starts upsetting me, they go on the list. And I start praying for them every single day. And I'm going to show you seven years ago what God showed me about how that changes the world that you live in. See, because I'm, I'm not in everybody's world, but I'm in the world that I'm in, and anybody that touches my world 
if you got something you need to be spoken over, I'm speaking it over you. And, and, and the numbers that I pray for every day just increase all the time because everywhere I go, I just add, like I told you, the Uber driver in Dallas. Huh? Javier, the Uber driver, that's on my list. I'll pray for him and I'll see him in heaven. Probably never see him again. I mean, maybe if I get an Uber in Dallas, I'll pick him up again or whatever. But I don't have to because all that matters is what I do according to the Word of God. Can you say amen to that? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him, who looks on Him, who, who begins to focus in that direction will not perish but have everlasting life. A life filled with righteousness and joy and peace. Amen? That's the kingdom of God. That's what we're a part of. That's what you and I today are a part of in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> um, I'm going to read these last two, two individual verses. 2 Timothy 3.16 <clears throat> and it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and what? Instruction in doing what's right from a heart free of guilt, sin, and shame. The instruction that goes with how you do that. That's what in this series we're going to cover from one end to the other. And that's why God told me to tell you these messages, what we're ministering on the Holy Spirit and this, this series are prophetic for this season that we're in right now. They're prophetic right now. And that means you take it serious and it'll cause the word that you receive and begin to apply in your life will create breakthroughs like you've never seen in your life. I believe that. And then the last verse I want to read is this. And I, and I won't have a second closing. <clears throat> or, or this two verses, sorry. Proverbs 4 and verse 18. And I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. For the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. Just barely see that delight. It just starts. Don't you love it right there at dawn? Whew, I love it. I love it. I, uh, sometimes I, I like to sit on my back porch when the sun's just barely coming up. Wow. It's awesome. I saw it this morning. It's like the first gleam of dawn which shines ever brighter, brighter, until the full light of day. But watch this. But the way of the wicked. Now, that word wicked there Actually, when, when you look at that word and you translate that word, that word wicked there means twisted. In the definition, it's talking about the twisting like a wick on a candle where you twist it to make it hard to where you can light the wick of that candle. And what it is, what it, what it represents is twisted thinking. So I want, I want to start this over and I want you to think about this. The way of the righteous in their thinking is like the first gleam of the dawn which shines ever brighter until the, full day of uh, until the full light of day. In other words, when you're pursuing, he said, he said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. My righteousness. 
you know, his way of doing and being right. You seek that first, then it gets brighter and brighter and brighter until the full day to where you know who you are in Christ. But the way of the wicked, which can be you too and me too, where we stay in our twisted thinking, is like total darkness. They have no idea, right, what they're stumbling over. They have no idea what's going on in life. They think they do, but they really don't. Because they're not seeing it. They're not being delivered of their way of thinking and embracing God's way of thinking. And that's what righteousness does. The entrance of God's Word brings light and life. The entrance of His Word. And there's no greater way there's no greater way for the Word to enter your life than for you to make declaration of it. Every, every morning in one of, my, one of my little workouts that I do every morning, um, <clears throat> years ago, um, well, Brian or uh, his mentor, John Patterson was his name, he taught me to do wall push-ups. And I've been doing wall push-ups for probably 25 years. You know, that's why I have 24-inch biceps. <laughs> but, um, no, but I, I do these wall push-ups every day. And so I started doing these about two years ago. And this is what I say when I do these. Now I have to add several numbers to it because I have to keep going. But this is what I say every day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God's mercy and His grace are new to me every morning. I rejoice because I'm God's child. I've been filled with His Spirit. For greater is He that is in me than he that's in the world. Holy Spirit is bigger than any problem or obstacle or challenge. Holy Spirit gives me wisdom and revelation and understanding to know exactly what to do. <clears throat> I choose to be a blessing to all those around me. No matter what happens today, I know that God will see me through, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if God is for me, nobody can be against me. I choose to honor God today by the words I speak, by the way I act, by allowing His love, light, and truth to shine through me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in, going out, ready for anything and equal to anything through Christ Jesus. For He always causes me to triumph. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. Today is a great day and something really good is happening today in the name of Jesus. Every day, and I never miss. I, I can't miss. I, I can't enter my day without that form of meditation and much more of it. I can't enter the day that way. Because if I do, then I'm trying to figure out how to get through the day. And, it, and I'm no good at that. And you aren't either. I don't care how good you think you are. You're no good because you're going to be stressed to the max because you're not aware of the fact that he's got that answer for every situation that you face. He's the one leading you and guiding you. And good things are in your day if you're listening to him and following his flow. And why can I do that? Because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. 
You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.